As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Vice Magazine podcast, your definitive guide to enlightening information. For the third installment of our music issue coverage, we're highlighting Jason Leopold's classified column. Each month, Jason breaks down the files he's received from filing Freedom of Information Act requests. And for the music issue, he tackled an FBI file on a rock group from the 60s. In researching his music issue column, Jason Leopold found an FBI file that included correspondence on the politically charged 60s rock group The Fugs. It turns out that in 1969, a concerned citizen, offended by The Fugs' music, drafted a letter to a U.S. senator and the director of the FBI, requesting they ban the band's music. Here's Jason with more. Imagine being so utterly offended by a rock group that you carve out time to draft a two-page letter to a U.S. senator and the director of the FBI, enclose a copy of the long player, and request that they undertake a national effort to ban the band's music in the United States. Seems un-American, right? Yet that's exactly what happened in 1969 when an employee of Charlotte, North Carolina-based Jefferson Standard Broadcast Company listened to an album by the New York City band The Fugs, a politically charged underground rock group whose songs include Kill for Peace, Coca-Cola Douche, and the timeless ode to America's clandestine spies, CIA man. What's worse is that then-FBI director J. Edgar Hoover took the request seriously. There seems to be a letter that was sent to the broadcast company employee about pornographic music. This letter's author's name is redacted, The letter says, you might want to check out a few cuts without any ladies within earshot. Cut three, side one, describes the use of saran wrap as an emergency contraceptive in the backseat of a car. Parentheses, this is a well-known substitute for rubber condoms among young teenagers at our local schools, as well as PS 152 in the Bronx. 
Side B has a satirical piece on the fucking CIA man. Cut two on that side describes the use of Coca-Cola as a douche, pointing out that it provides good taste as well as protection. The broadcast company employee wrote in his letter to the U.S. Senator and the FBI that this was the filthiest and most vulgar thing the human mind could possibly conceive. I don't know what, if anything, can be done to stop the distribution of such trash, but I believe something has to be done. I realize that we cannot and should not try to legislate morality, but surely we can and should try to stop dissemination of such excretory matter as this. The employee of the broadcast company sent that letter on March 19, 1969, to North Carolina Senator Sam Irvin. And it was a copy of the employee's letter and the one that was written to him, along with the Fugs' third album, Virgin Fugs, that were sent to J. Edgar Hoover. The identity of the employee who sent it was redacted from the FBI files on privacy grounds, indicating that the individual is still alive when the files were declassified and publicly released. There's another file in this cache that indicates that the employee was no stranger to the FBI, and this is very interesting. The person was on the FBI's so-called special correspondence list. That was Hoover's list of people who secretly provided the Bureau with information in an effort to influence public opinion. In other words, they were informants. The employee writes, The thought occurred to me that you might want to discuss this with the Attorney General and that hopefully the two of you would be able to do something. Certainly, the great majority of decent Americans will applaud any efforts to make record racks and newsstands refrain from peddling such filth. The employee had another outrageous suggestion for Hoover. He added a postscript to his letter and proposed that perhaps Hoover and Republican Senator Everett Dirksen brief President Lyndon B. Johnson on the Fugs' music. Quote, perhaps sitting down with him privately and playing it for him, since he will have the opportunity to name a new Supreme Court Chief Justice in June. I'm confident he'll be interested, particularly in view of some of the current court's rulings on pornography, end quote. There's no evidence in the files that Hoover ever met with Lyndon Johnson or Dirksen about the Fugs. But the FBI director did respond to the employee about a week later. He said he too shared the employee's concern, quote, regarding this type of recording, which he said was, quote, filthy, repulsive language, end quote. Hoover's memo indicates that the U.S. government considered prosecuting members of the Fugs after their first album was released. But the assistant U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York didn't think it was a very good case. The files on the Fugs are chilling when considering the length to which the government went to stifle free speech. Hoover agreed that their music was offensive and warranted investigation. He ended up sending a copy of the album to the FBI's General Investigative Division for further review and any additional action deemed appropriate, according to a memo he wrote. The Fugs went on to record several more albums after Virgin Fugs before calling it quits. Although they never achieved mainstream success, they inspired a spate of punk rock bands that followed in their footsteps. For Vice Magazine, I'm Jason Leopold. The Vice Magazine podcast is a production of Vice Media. 
For more info on the podcast or how to subscribe to the magazine, visit vice.com. And be sure to subscribe to the Vice Magazine podcast on Apple Podcasts, Acast, or any podcast app you use. Leave us a rating and review and let us know what you think. I'm Ellis Jones, and I'd like to give a special thanks to Jason Leopold. We'll be back next week with another episode. Thanks for listening. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.